Hello and welcome to episode 838 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Tuesday, August 4th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I am joined by Justin Mason. Justin, good afternoon, sir. Good morning from here, I guess. So, morning from where you're at, yeah. noon here. But how you doing? Uh, been a little sick, so I apologize to the people who kind of reached out like, hey, where are your articles? I really, really miss them and stuff like that. But uh, unfortunately, came down with some uh, some gross sickness and hoping it's not COVID. Find out, well, I'll get a test tomorrow. So hopefully that uh, is all clear and I can come off the IL. Major fingers crossed there that everything is good. Glad that you're not feeling worse, at least. Yeah, was... it's stagnant, which is good. So yeah. but I apologize if I sound a little weird or if I uh, end up muting myself to cough or something like that. Um, but uh, I'm powering through. There's no IL at Fangraphs. That's right. That's right. We don't. We don't. We don't allow it. You, time off? No. Don't think <laughs> so. Get on the pod. Uh, well, we got plenty to talk about. We have to talk about uh, a lot of the IL for real baseball, unfortunately. And we're just going to dive into the crummy news. I'm sorry, folks. We got to do it. Mike Soroka out for the year with a torn Achilles. And I got to be honest, it didn't look like anything else. The best you could have hoped for when you saw the replay was that it was a cramp. That just uh, that just got him. But as soon as he landed on it like that and it buckled and then he kind of tried to push off and, and couldn't get any sort of weight, it seemed pretty obvious as to what it was. And it turns out it's a torn Achilles and he'll be done for the year. The non-fantasy angle real quick and then we'll get into the fantasy part. How does this affect Atlanta? Because it feels like it could be pretty damaging. Yeah, I mean... They have some young arms that they could probably bring up if they want. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, no one's going to replace what Soroka was to them. No, he uh, was the bona fide ace. I mean, Freed could do a, a reasonable job, but the, the idea was a Soroka-Freed 1-2 combo. Yeah, and I mean, after Freed, it's really sketchy. I like Kyle it Wright. Is. I like Tuki uh, Toussaint from like a straight skills perspective, but he probably belongs in the bullpen. Sean Newcomb definitely belongs in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you have to wonder, I mean, they're seven and four right now. Uh, and they're, you know, I mean, if you don't count the Marlins winning percentage, <laughs> um, they're, you know, good, like two and a half games up on uh, the nationals right now. So you almost wonder if they're going to start shopping. Uh, and maybe be the first team to pull off a major trade, because uh, I yeah. don't count Billy Hamilton being traded to the Mets a major trade. Um, no. But no, 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 no. So I mean, because I mean, I'm looking at their player pool, and I mean, I guess Bryce Wilson is the guy who comes up and fills that fifth spot in the rotation because Fultonevich is probably not an answer right now. No, uh, or or Ian Anderson perhaps. Yeah, Ian Anderson and Kyle, Kyle Muller could be options, but they're also not on the 40-man, so... Exactly. That's why Wilson becomes such a uh, more obvious choice mm-hmm. there for them. By the way, Cole Hamels, you know, still uh, on the IL, mm-hmm. too, which adds to this. He got put on the 45-day back on July 23rd, so he's out for a whole minute. And, um, you know, after Freed, you're looking at, like you said, Newcomb Toussaint right. And then an open spot. I think Wilson is the right answer. There. I've been hearing a lot of Ian Anderson, but I agree with you that the 40-man aspect of it makes Wilson um, kind of obvious to me unless they want to m- make that move. But teams generally try to avoid those moves when you have a, a reasonable mm-hmm. uh, facsimile of the other player. Like, I mean, could you 
honestly say Wilson isn't better than Anderson. I mean, you could make that case, right? So why not just use him? I like Bryce Wilson. I'm kind of intrigued by him. Um, he's, he's had some good minor league track record. He hasn't quite brought it up to the majors. And the interesting part in his 27 innings, which is basically a nothing sample, but it's what he has in the majors, is that he's had a huge walk rate, 13%. Uh, from a guy who doesn't walk more than 7% in the minors, including a 5% clip in AAA last year for 121 innings. So I'm kind of curious on that, and I wonder if it's just as simple as uh, Wilson not getting his footing under himself yet and and having a couple of big—I mean, he has a three and a four-walk outing last year. That's enough to do the damage when you only had six outings in total. So I'm intrigued by him if they do call him up. He's 22 years old. Um, you know, he's a, he's a notable prospect. He's not a top, top dog, but he's just outside the top 100 coming into this year at 105. So I'd be looking to pick him up in 15s. Um, mm-hmm. It'd be slated for an, a trip to Philly, which is dangerous, but not limiting. Not not to the point of like, oh, I can't possibly touch that. I don't really want to jump in. Uh, and for a lot of the leagues that you and I are in, we wouldn't even get that opportunity. He'll pitch this weekend and then he'll be on waivers the following day on on Sunday for Bryce Wilson or Ian Anderson, whomever it is, if you if if you didn't have the forty man implications, who would you want to see most from a fantasy aspect between Wilson and Anderson? Uh, probably Anderson, just because we haven't seen what he can do at the major league level. I mean, Wilson go for the unknown. Yeah, I mean, I like Wilson from a, a skills perspective as well, but he has had moments where he struggled you know, pretty heavily in, in his uh, brief call-ups in the majors. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, if, if I'm the Braves right now, I'm calling Detroit, I'm calling San Francisco, I'm finding out if guys like uh, Johnny Cueto what? or Matt Boyd or... Tyler Alexander. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, you hey, know, like... Let's... We'll take Wilson for Boyd as, as at least the starting point of a, of a trade. To get younger arms, I think, would be a, a target for the Tigers. They have a relationship. Uh, we know that they've made some trades in recent years, including the Shane Green one last year. So I do wonder if they're on the horn, right? Like you said, ready to make that first big move. Yeah. I mean, and there aren't a lot of teams that are likely uh, ready to sell right now, but I think the Tigers and the Giants uh, are among them and they have kind of guys who are, you know, real starters. You know, it's not like Pittsburgh or, Baltimore, it's like, well, who would they trade from that rotation? I, I don't know. Exactly. Uh, exactly. But, you know, Samarja, Cueto, Boyd, like, they could be options for Atlanta, and that's what I would be doing right now if, if I was in charge of that front office. I agree. And uh, sorry to those of you who lost Soroka in your fantasy leagues, which does include Justin and myself. Yeah, our labor team, man. We lot we got a good pitching staff, but it's all hurt now. It's laboring. I mean, yeah. easy pun. My goodness, man. It seems like every day we look up, we've got someone else on, on the IL between Giles, uh, Mitch Keller, Soroka. We still have some good guys. Like We lost Chris still... Sale before the start of the season. Exactly. Like yeah. yeah, Sale before anything even, even went off. Um, Edwin Diaz sucks. We kind of took that gamble there. Doesn't look like he's any good. So we're grinding. We got a decent squad, and we're grinding. But, uh, yeah, good luck there with replacements. Um with Soroka and hopefully he returns and it's this isn't something that carries forward because he's one of the brightest young pitchers in the game one of the oldest pitchers in the game is Rich Hill and it's so weird that he got hurt shocking huh I thought injuries were turned off for him because it's a short season Mm -hmm. I thought that's how that worked yeah I mean this is 
Like, it's a bummer because he is very, very fun to watch when he is, you know, healthy and on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, this is also the reason why he shouldn't have been going as high as he was kind of in those later drafts. Uh, because now, I mean, he, you've got to drop him, right? I mean, you can't yeah, hold sure. on. To, I mean, a lot of these guys we're going to talk about uh, with injuries, I think, are pretty much dropped. So uh, it's a huge bummer. He took the gamble, didn't work out, cut, move on. Yep. Um, he was scratched from the start yesterday with mild fatigue and back soreness. And then today it turned into a left shoulder soreness that uh, puts him on the IL. So uh, as far as Rich Hill goes, that's that right now, and I agree I would cut him. Now, Randy Dobnek seems pretty secured in, in the rotation now. So if you picked him up this week as as kind of a gamble um, because of Homer Bailey going out, I think you could keep him for a while. Yeah. And Lewis Thorpe went yesterday. He wasn't great. Do you think he stays in, though? Because, I mean, they've lost three good arms, Odorizzi, Bailey, and Hill now. So, you know, they're going to go Barrios. Maeda Dobnik, and then I guess Thorpe. They have Devin Smelter in the bullpen, who's who's ostensibly a starter. Where do you think they're going to go here? Oh, Smelter seems like probably the right option. I mean, Odorizzi could come back, I believe. Yeah, right? he, he's, it's he's, kind of like he's not out out or anything. It's just they they don't have a timetable, so we'll find out. And if he's back, then it's just um, Thorpe probably holds that spot because they need two spots. Um, Odorizzi did throw a simulated start on Monday and said he felt great. Yeah. So if he's working his way back, that would be huge for them because then you're basically trading Hill mm-hmm. for Odorizzi. And, and then frankly, you do a bullpen tough. game and, you know, bullpen yeah. games until you get Homer Bailey back. But, I mean, another team that wouldn't surprise me if they're in the market for an arm as well. Mm-hmm. So, like... Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they should be calling San Francisco and seeing if Samarja or, or Cueto uh, is available uh, if they're not able to work out an interdivision trade for Boyd or something like that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I assume that Odorizzi, you know, will be back probably fairly soon. So that, you know, answers one of the spots in the rotation. And then I think you just bullpen game it up until Homer Bailey is back. Yeah, I think that's fair. And they had some really good success with that on Sunday against Cleveland. Um, with regards to running the bullpen game. So, yeah, if Thorpe isn't quite the guy, maybe just go to him for two to three innings. Don't even try to use him as a traditional starter. Uh, we got some clarity on jo- Shohei Otani. He's going to be out four weeks with a flexor pronator mass. As far as pitching goes, he's shut down for four weeks. I would say he's done pitching for the year. Um, we don't know yet uh, as far as hitting. He's traveling with the team today to uh to seattle they finished up a wraparound series yesterday with oakland so he will uh, they being the, the mariners um the angels were off so he'll be with the team and we don't know exactly if he's going to play right off the rip or not but this is this this is the part that that made me less concerned about taking him was the the the, the downside is that you just have a premium hitter now mm-hmm He's probably more he, valuable than he was. I mean, once he's healthy and actually on the field and yes. stuff. I mean, obviously, you've got to bench him this week if you've you know you haven't done your lineups. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's probably more valuable as just a straight hitter if he can hit six times a week. Uh, so that's uh, you know that might work out for you. Uh, and I know, like in in my leagues, 
uh, you know, I, I'm holding on right now um, and hoping that he can just hit and, and be a premium hitter. Yep. And, you know, you and I had the big back and forth about the, the headache of, of dealing with him. You know, I thought it'd be a headache as far as the, the start-sit aspect, not the fact that he just would have zero as a pitcher. And, my God, he had nothing. And I wonder if he just amped it up to get that velocity back on Sunday and and just gave whatever he had in the tank and it was nothing. And there, and there you go. That's it, it was rough. He might be done as a pitcher all told. We'll see. I yeah. mean, where is he what... in drafts next year if he's just a hitter? I mean, is he a second top round 100 pick? player? Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, top 100 for sure. I, I'd probably take him in the second or third round if he, yeah. they say ha- hands off hitter, right fielder, and we're going uh, Adele Trout Otani. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think second round for me. Yeah, I I, think I, I agree with you on that. I think I think he's definitely in that conversation because I mean we're talking about a guy that could potentially go like 30-15. Yep, Jinx, hundred <laughs> percent agree with you. So yeah, I mean again, and that that was kind of why I still stuck to my guns on drafting Otani despite the potential headaches. Is that even if something like this happened, as long as it didn't take him out completely, now you're going to get him in as a hitter. Um, maybe a little bumpy this week, but then if everything's good to go, hopefully he's a full-time hitter the rest of the way. Uh, meanwhile, they did call up Joe Adele, and I, I wonder if it's somewhat related to this. The reason I was like, I don't know exactly when he's going to get called up is because they don't really have room. I know Justin Upton's off to a terrible start, but I think a decade-long career of his performance earns more than 41 plate appearances before a rookie takes his spot. That said, they're performing terribly as a team. Um, but Brian Goodwin's been great. Obviously, Trout. If Otani is going to miss some time or not be able to go every day, you put Pujols at DH. And then, um, well, then who would play first, I guess? You still don't have anybody coming off. Yeah. That's the thing that I don't, I still don't quite understand where he fits in as a regular player for Adele. Uh, I mean, I think if you're bringing it up and you're starting that service time clock, he, he's, you know, probably playing, you know, right or uh, right or center every day. And Brian Goodwin goes to the bench. Brian Goodwin. Yeah, I, think, I mean, that's that's the obvious answer. Um, I think Goodwin gets hit despite performing. Uh-huh. That's tough. Yeah. I mean, you know, Goodwin it just isn't a player that moves the needle. And, I mean, who knows what happens. Like, like I love Adele from – like a raw talent perspective, but he is exactly that. He is a raw talent. Without um, a doubt. And I mean, he could really struggle uh, with his strikeout rate, especially coming up. Uh, I mean, he, you know, he's like a video game player in, in a lot of ways. Like he can do everything you want in fantasy, but there is some real concerns. I mean, at AAA last year, he struck out 32% of the time. Um, you know, and it, it was, you know, a small wow. sample, but. Uh, like it, it definitely shows you that he's still kind of ju- learning how to hit, you know, you know, upper level minors and obviously major league pitching. So, uh, I, I think you take if he's available in your league, you take the shot because he's one of those guys that could come up and just have, you know, a Cunha like run because he is mm-hmm. that talented. Um, but uh, know that there is a huge downside as well. Yeah, for sure, and, and the downside would just be not getting off to a good start, and then just not really playing all that often for, for Joe Adele. Uh, Goodwin got off to a hot start last year, too, and then tapered down 
in May and June, then flared back up in July, August. And he was really hit or miss. He had three months over a thousand OPS, and then six or uh, three uh, others of 651 OPS and lower. So it was really, and I know months are arbitrary cutoffs, but it does kind of show the the streaks that that Goodwin went through. They're kind of uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. esque as far as the uh, you know heights and and lows of of everything with that. So he'll lose some playing time. So if you were relying on Goodwin uh, after the fast start. Uh, he has to lose some time. I don't think they called up Joe Adele to just sit on the bench. Miami called up Monty Harrison, but that team doesn't play baseball anymore, so does it really matter? <laughs> uh, Harrison has got the same issues, I think, as Adele in terms of he's got power, he's got speed, like he could be a really fun um, uh, fantasy player, but he also mm-hmm. is, I mean, he struck out 30% of the time in AAA. Yep. In, in a larger sample than Adele, uh, and thirty-seven percent in Double A the year before. Yeah, and I in mean a full season. I mean, here's the things that Harrison has over Adele, um, and the reason I would probably prioritize Harrison is it's Miami. Um, yep. They have no designs on winning this year, and I mean especially now, and uh, he's hey, they're two and one, dude. They lead the division. They do. Like if the season ended today, they're in the playoffs, right? Hell yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think they, they will give him full run. I think they need to see what they have in him if, if he's no going to be a huge part. I mean, he's almost 25. He's going to be 25 in a few days. Um, and so I, th- I think it's time for them to really just give him run and see what happens. He's also a better defensive player, mm-hmm. which, you know, can obviously help keep him in the lineup when maybe he is huge arm. out. Huge yeah. arm, great speed, great, you know, Great fielding. We rated him 60 on the fielding. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the the lack of a, a hit tool is what really pushes him down. He was 107th in in our overall prospect ranking on the site because of of the the hitting concerns. You know, he managed to hit 274 last year. He needed a 373 BABIP to do it because he was striking out so much. Yeah. Otherwise, Monty Harrison does strike out a lot. So if you have a 10 US batting average, I don't think you can really add Monty Harrison but if you've got some good batting average stuff going and you just want to add some homers and um and speed he's you know he's maybe good good Keon Broxton yeah I I was thinking he um could be uh like Carlos like Carlos Gomez where like there you go he has the peak I think yeah where he has the ability to be a 25-25 guy in a full season and also the ability to be cut from the team no doubt. I think that's that's the perfect range there, and those are the kind of names you should be thinking of. Carlos Gomez, Keon Broxton, former teammates, former organization mates, maybe of Harrison. I know Broxton was in Milwaukee. Gomez, I don't think was that. Maybe, maybe. At any rate, that's Monty Harrison. Let's move on. Luis Patino was called up by San Diego. Now, he's only going to be joining the bullpen. However, you know how quickly those things change. Uh, so... You know, the fact that he's being called up is a positive, without a doubt. They've got uh, Paddock Lamette, Richards, Lucchese Davies. And my God, has Lucchese been terrible in the first two outings? Yeah, like, where's Mackenzie Gore? Yeah, I do wonder, you know, if, if Patino gets the call first, and maybe Lucchese's getting another, one more shot here. And then if not, um, maybe then Gore gets called up. So I don't quite know. I think right now for Patino, all you can really do is NL only 
to try to get a quality arm uh, to get some strikeouts from him, hopefully good ratios with the potential upside that he joins the rotation. I'd really have to wait till he's in the rotation to take him in a mixed league. Yeah, you have to remember too that he only had like two uh, two two appearances or two games started at Double A last year. Like mm-hmm. he, I mean, he is he's super super young and raw. Uh, so my guess is, yeah, he will probably stick in kind of a multi inning reliever role. Yeah. Um, which can be good in like deeper formats, like you know, like you said, no NL only, like as a guy who might sneak a win, like I did in Tout Wars last night with uh... you sneaky little <laughs> bastard, <laughs> streaming uh, Jeff Hoffman at home versus the Giants. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think he's the, the hard part is, I mean, this is one of the best bullpens in baseball. Yeah, and Patino's trying to crack that, mm-hmm. um, but it's. And, and, and... I was going to say, it's also a team that likes to pull their starters the moment there's trouble. And so that means, like, if someone gets pulled after four and two-thirds, Patino, Cal Contral are the guys that are probably, and Luis, uh, Luis Perdomo, are the guys who are coming in, and they can get some sneaky wins. Exactly. Paddock's the only real real horse um, who can regularly be counted on to go 6-7. Uh, Lamette, especially if you got lefties in that lineup, he can be a five-and-dive. Richards, we know his health too. He could be horse ish if he is cooking and everything's going well, but, and then, and then Zach Davis is standard five inning guy and Joey Lucchese should really be like a four pitch guy right now. Like he, <laughs> not that he has four pitches in his arsenal that he gets to throw four pitches because it's I mean, been, he'd be great in the so bullpen bad. too. Like I, like, yeah. like the, I, mean, he, I think he has to get to the bullpen. Like again, well, I think he gets one more start. And if it doesn't show like major turnaround against Arizona, it's a good landing spot right now. They're not hitting for anything. Then he could hang on to it a little bit longer. Do you think like the Rangers general manager just salivates over like their roster resource page on their bullpen? Like, yes. you know, he's just like, oh man, I wish I had you. Yes. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, that bullpen he just is looks insane. at it. It's unbelievable. And, he, you know, you know, Chris Woodward just like looks and say, if I just had one of these guys, yeah. if I, give me the old guy. Give me Craig Stammen mm-hmm. at 36 years old, and I would feel like I have somebody to go to because they don't have anything. So it's it's not great over there. Uh, last bit of prospect news, Spencer Howard potentially up this weekend. We don't have anything guaranteed on that. But what is your outlook on uh, on Spencer Howard, and how interested would you be in uh, such a thing? I'm super interested in Spencer Howard. I mean, really impressive uh, throughout, you know, his minor league career. Um, it, you know, I mean, I think he's a guy that could come up and, you know, just be very, very good right away. I mean, he's got four, like, you know, average to plus pitches, uh, you know, decent command for a guy, his age, uh, you know, I mean, Philadelphia is not the greatest place to pitch, especially with the level of competition he's going to be facing. Uh, but I mean, I think you're going to get strikeouts. I think he, uh, you know, should be able to keep the ball in the yard because he has, you know, pretty much his entire minor league career, except for like the tiniest of uh, sample uh, at rookie ball uh, in 2019. So I, uh, I have him in TGFBI. I drafted him, um, and I've oh, okay. been nice. holding on to him. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I would really like to. Uh, to get him uh, in other leagues if he's available. So, I mean, obviously, NFBC, you got to wait till he's up, and then it's Fabapalooza on him. Uh, yes. But I think he's one of those guys in the same way like Christian Javier was, you know, people spent two to 400 bucks on him this weekend. You can kind of expect the same 
uh, as soon as uh, Spencer's up or Spencer Howard's up. I, I agree, and we could see it this weekend. Could get that first start, and if it's good, you know it's just going to add to the bottom line price too. So you, if you like him, you almost hope it's kind of a medium start. So it doesn't shoot the price through the roof, but you know that happens sometimes. A guy comes up on a Sunday and really sends their price sky high, and you're like, "Well, great, now I'm never going to get him." So that could happen with Spencer Howard. Stay tuned to see if he gets called up. We don't know yet. Uh, Alec Mills threw seven scoreless yesterday. It was against Casey. You know that's that's a good landing spot, but uh, I do wonder how you feel about him because he's been looking pretty good so far, and you know he had some good. Swing and miss development the last couple of years, um, particularly with last year when he brought this slow curve into the mix and, and really started focusing on that. He's using it again this year. Um, after dabbling with it in 18, he kind of doubled the usage in 19 and, and has maintained it there this year at 16%. He's leaning on his slider a bit more this year. His fastball is under 50% for the first time because he doesn't throw very hard. He's, he's an 88 to 91 type of guy. Um, and the interesting thing is he has the two great outings, but the, the swinging strike rate really hasn't been there, but it is 13, uh, innings with two runs allowed. So where are you on Alec Mills as far as a long-term investment for the season? I don't know if he's a huge long-term investment for me. I think, you know, he was one of the guys that I mentioned, uh, that was worth, uh, picking up this week because of the two start week. Uh, now, his second starts at St. Louis, so we don't know if he'll actually get it. But I knew this one would be pretty good, you know, going up against the Royals. Um, it'll be interesting. Actually, I can probably project out who, if he does get, uh, if he does get that second start, who he would be going up against next week. Because uh, let's see, the Cubs are. He'd be probably uh at Cleveland which is an offense that hasn't really gotten it together so it's yeah. uh, you know that's not a bad so I think you kind of just play the matchups with him right now and especially if you're in deeper formats you know 15 team uh mix or deeper there's not a lot on the waiver wire so Alex no, Mills is one tough. of those guys that should be rostered in in every mixed league format well not every mix like probably 15 and you can kind of Twelves, you can start to play the uh, the matchups, matchup and even games, ten, yeah. you could you could have used this matchup. Mm-hmm. Here's the here's the big question for him though. Jose Quintana threw a thirty pitch bullpen on Monday, didn't have any issues. If he comes back, Mills goes to the bullpen. Out yeah, Mills especially with out. how well uh, Chatwood Chat- is pitching oh right now. Now, I mean, he's another one of those guys where uh, I streamed him in in some leagues uh, to start the year because he was kind of in the rotation, and I'm, I'm glad I got that. And, I mean, there's just no one else in that rotation unless there's an injury where Alex Mills could stick in it. So I think you just ride it for right now, and as soon as Quintana's back, you probably cut bait. Yep, I think that's perfect. Um, Staying in the Central real quick, an interesting development yesterday could be one of those things where, you know, this happened to Framber Valdez, uh, where he relieved for Christian Javier, or excuse me, for Josh James the other day. So the start that he was supposed to get on Tuesday was, was pushed back. Corbin Burns came out of the bullpen yesterday. Is he out of the rotation? Or is it just the uh, Framber Valdez kind of thing where it's like, hey, they needed him, so they went to him for three and two-thirds because Brett Anderson only went three? Uh, or is Burns back out? Um, Yeah. I... Idea being that it would be Anderson, Woodruff, Hauser, Peralta, Lindblom. 
Yeah, and Lauer's back, so they could move Lauer into the rotation. I mean, this may be one of those situations where they just feel he's more effective. Um, and with the Cubs off to the hot start uh, that they are, and the Reds like being looking like a team that uh, will obviously compete for that division, the Brewers can't afford... You know, this is what we talked about before the start of the season. Like, teams cannot afford to wait on decisions. They can't afford guys, you know, three, four you know, turns in the rotation before they say, well, this isn't working. They've got to make kind of split-second decisions. Uh, and this may be one of those situations with Burns, which is, you know, very disappointing from a fantasy angle. I mean, he'll still be effective if he is a reliever. But, yep. I mean, I would say there's probably a 50-50 chance that he's not in this rotation anymore. Yep, I, I think with multiple options there, and we know Brett Anderson's health um, can, can be an issue, but like you said, Lauer's back, so then even he's a consideration. They traded for him. Burns was in the bull, bullpen last year uh, and really struggled. The one good thing you know that we've seen so far in his seven innings is just one homer. Homers were a crazy issue for him last year to the point where it was, it was damn near absurd. It's like you know you own some of what you do without a doubt, but a 3.1 homer nine, I think his like home run to fly ball rate was just an obscene figure for Burns. He could be in that role, though, where he's pitching those middle innings to get decisions. So there might still be a place for him in fantasy, particularly in deeper leagues and, of course, NL only. So I wouldn't cut bait unless you're in a 12 or 10 and got him um, right now. But stay tuned because we'll see if Peralta joins back. Lindblom is supposed to be back this week. Brendan Anderson can stay healthy. So I maybe give it a week and then kind of figure out how things go uh, by the end of this week with Corbin Burns. Now we have some COVID news. Uh, Paul DeYoung and Yadi Molina were among the COVID Cardinals. I don't know that there's much analysis there. It gets reported because they're, they're you know, higher tier ta- talents. But I don't really know that there's any action. Like, would you cut either of them? I don't have a problem cutting Molina. Um I actually agree with that, but I was I was actually saying that. Yeah, uh, I know you are. Yeah, with regards to his performance, and if you're in a one catcher league, there's no real need to hold him just because of his name. Yeah, especially in one catcher leagues, I think you just cut bait on Molina and move on. Um, I mean, I I haven't heard like who's symptomatic, who's not. Uh, I want to say I saw that Paul DeYoung already had a negative test. Okay. Since, but I could be wrong on that. So, uh, you know, definitely look that up uh, before you you know, make a decision on whether or not you're going to cut. I mean, the thing about DeYoung is shortstop is super deep. Uh, yes, and exactly. so, I mean, unless you're in a 15-team league or deeper, you know, there should be other options on the waiver wire. And so, I, like, I don't have a problem kind of cutting and moving on. We're at, we're at a point now where if a guy's going to be out, let's say, two weeks, you can't wait. He's gone unless he's an actual, an absolute superstar like mm-hmm. that. Otherwise, he's gone. I totally agree with you. I pretty and much, make- uh, on a podcast yesterday, I did a guest spot for uh, uh, a kid who's got a new podcast. And, uh, you know, he said, well, what's the line? I said, I think 10 rounds is the line right now. So, yep. that you know, if you're in a 10-team league, then your top 100 picks, you're still kind of holding on to. And after that, you're, you're making decisions on a case-by-case basis on who you want to keep. You know, 15-team league, it's 150 picks. Um, and But that is going to start ratcheting up quite a bit here moving forward. Totally agree. Totally agree. That two weeks' time is big, especially as we've always taught you guys not to pay full attention to timelines, to add to them. Um, and that makes it even even tougher. 
Uh, Austin Meadows is back from COVID, should be playing tonight, I believe. So that's good. That's more of an update than anything else. How keen were you on on Meadows coming in, like, uh, say, back in March when we thought we were going to have a regular setup? Because he was going in, like, second, third round type of deal. Were, were, were you up there with, uh, with I was. the Meadows love? Yeah, yeah, I was up. I mean, I wasn't quite up as, as high as he had been going, but then the pitching, uh, you know, being pushed up the way it was, like, kind of started to drop him. And I was like, I was all for it. I was like, oh, if I can get him in the third round, fourth round, I'm going to be stoked. Um, and then, of course, the COVID news hit and, you know, he was going outside the top six, seven rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, so I have him on a number of teams. I'm stoked to get him back. I, I did put him in my lineup uh, yesterday in my weekly leagues just because I thought he would be back. Yes. Uh, and, uh, yeah, no, I, I think he, you know, now that he's back and healthy, it definitely makes other parts of Tampa Bay's lineup a little bit more difficult for them to figure out how they're going to get guys playing time. But I, I expect him to be hitting, you know, lead off or second or third uh, every day uh, and Agreed. playing every day. He's one of the few guys I'm not worried about platooning there. Yeah, they're not going to take Austin Meadows out. I totally agree. So if you didn't get him back in and you still can on, on uh, your transactions, go ahead and do that. They did not play yesterday. So I know a lot of leagues don't lock off guys until they actually start playing. And in which case, um, if you have another guy who didn't start playing that is lesser than Meadows, take him out, put Meadows in. And then, of course, daily transactions. You don't have to worry about that. Um, we're getting some breaking news here. We actually got a text from from Jason that I decided to look at. And now I'm seeing seeing it on uh, Rotowire, too. Dusty Baker has some pretty bad uh, outlook here on Roberto Osuna. Says, doesn't look really real good, actually. He went and had an MRI yesterday. He's in our prayers and in our thoughts. The reality is it's probably not really good news. Yikes, dude. Yeah, that's that's that, brutal. That's a GG for the year. No, I mean, like that. Maybe a GG for next year, too, if it's Tommy John. So Exactly. That is that is bad, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, that that's really, um, that's really hard. Especially because Houston has had some just awful luck. In terms of uh, in terms of their bullpen, especially, but really their entire pitching staff. I mean, they've mm-hmm. you know, they're, it's good that you know Christian Javier is there and and he looks uh, like he could be something special. But I mean, that team went from you know their pitching staff and their bullpen being kind of a source of strength to I mean, I know Ryan Presley is probably the next man up, but yeah, he's and- been dealing with health issues so. Exactly. Like I'm going to grab Cy Sneed and hope for the best. But this is a, one of those teams that you would think that maybe they're going to be in the market for some relief pitching here. Dude, we sh- I should have totally set up a game of reliever or <laughs> House of Representative. What are these names, dude? Andre Scrub. Andre Scrub is it, okay. Is Brandon Bielek part of your city council, or is he in their bullpen? <laughs> you tell me. I don't know. I don't know. Is, uh, is, is Anoli Paredes the mayor here in Austin, or is he a pitcher in Houston? You tell me. Yeah. I don't think you know. <laughs> I'm pretty I sure I voted know. for Humberto Castellanos. <laughs> you should have. He had a good platform, and I thought he ran a good campaign. I'm glad he won. But he left his, his seat after winning the election to go relieve for the Astros. Now, they cultivate talent brilliantly. 
So don't be surprised if we start to know a lot of these names like Brian Abreu and Humberto Castellanos and Carlos Sanabria, Nivaldo Rodriguez, Brandon Bailey, uh, among some of the others that we named. But as it stands right now, can you believe that a front runner like this is just decimated? Because you talked about how they had this injury. Brad Peacock got taken out of their bullpen. Austin Pruitt. And then, of course, in their rotation, Verlander and Jose Arquiti has that undisclosed thing that we could never possibly figure out ever. Mm-hmm. Well, and now, I mean, they, because of the you know hits to the rotation, too, like Josh James has been struggling, and he, he needs a stick in that rotation. Should be relieving. You know, and, yeah. and Forrest Whitley's hurting uh, down in their player pool. Like, so, oh, like, he's hurt? Yeah. I didn't know that. So, like, it's... Like there, there's not just a ton of options. I mean, this is going to be a team that I'm sure will be aggressive. Uh, yes. But like, I mean, they what, still have an elite lineup. Yeah, I mean, like, what can they trade? <laughs> like, I mean, the, that's the thing though. They probably have guys that we. Well, I don't want to speak for you. You keep up on minors better than I do. But some of these guys that aren't the peak, the 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 huge names. Teams are going to be interested in them. Like Houston has been developing talent very well. Corey Lee, I know, is an interesting catching prospect. My, my daily uh, MLB The Show mention, every every time you do a season, uh, a franchise, the first season, 2020, Corey Lee emerges to the top of the prospect list every year. So if you're doing a franchise, go trade for Corey Lee. He becomes the number one prospect for 2021. But, I mean, he's a catching prospect, so maybe a team would be interested in that. That's, that's always a good thing to have in the market. They've got players they can trade, uh, but, you know, ideally they would have been in a spot where they were trading like a Christian Javier for Matt Boyd. Now they need to add Matt Boyd in addition to Javier. So we'll see what they do, but I agree with you that they're going to be aggressive because they're still 5-4. and four. Like I said, still have an elite lineup, still have some very good pitching here and there. It's just the depth has been ravaged. And if you have Osuna, don't cut him just yet, especially if you have an IL spot that He's not harming anything, but you better prepare and, and, you know, go get Rowan Wick if he's still available for some reason, stuff like that. Uh, all right, last thing, or two things. Josh Donaldson out again Tuesday with the calf. He hasn't been put on the IL, but how scared are you of, of this if you have Josh Donaldson on the squad? I mean, you've got to be pretty scared just because this is what pretty much, you know, ruined his career for a year and a half and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, me- it meant he had to take that pillow contract uh, in Atlanta as opposed to getting a long-term deal. I mean, thankfully for him, he got the long-term deal with Minnesota, but uh, it's it's uh, very scary. I mean, obviously you're just holding on for right now uh, in, in every format and just kind of waiting and seeing what's going on, but uh, it's definitely, you definitely want to have an, another option on your team, uh, if, you know, if you don't have a backup third baseman. Uh, so definitely, get yeah, go get somebody. But yeah, no, I, I'm definitely worried. Agreed. Agreed. And then the last one here, JT Brubaker for Pittsburgh is going to take it. It's looking like he's going to fill in for uh, for Mitch Keller in the bull, in the rotation. Excuse me. And the only reason I brought him up is because I kind of looked at, I looked up his profile and I was like, oh, you know, there's been there's been some strikeout potential. Uh, there's not a whole lot here. I don't know that I would necessarily like race out to get him, but maybe put him on a watch list. Um, he had 20, 21 innings in AAA last year. 20, you know, that's not anything to put, uh, you know, a whole lot of stock into. But he had a 23% strikeout rate and a 5% walk rate. He's at 35 and 5 so far this year in five innings. So we're talking about tiny samples. He throws 95, has a decent curve, 
is JT Brubaker somebody that you'd be looking at in, say, NL Tau? Or did he get picked up this weekend? I don't believe he got picked up. Uh, I mean, his start is going to be against Minnesota. So, yeah, I I don't think that that is super interesting. Uh, That being said, if they stick with the rotation with him in Keller's spot, um, he will have a two-start next week, but it's not a great two-start. It's also tough. Yeah, at St. Louis, at Cincinnati. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, NL only, I think you you definitely don't want to start him for, against the Minnesota, but the at St. Louis at Cincinnati, if St. Louis is playing, would be kind of interesting, but I don't think he's viable yet in anything shallower than a two-star, or shallower than an NL only. Yep, I totally agree with that, and uh, let me see, let me just refresh my news page here, make sure nothing else is breaking, and then I think we're done for the day. How are your teams doing? Uh, my teams are doing okay. I've got, um, you know, my main event, one of my main event teams, the one I did solo is kind of in the mix and I think in third or fourth right now. Uh, and then my, my partnered one was doing really, really well and is, uh, done a little nosedive. Uh, but I mean, the, the standings are also really bonched. Obviously it's only, I mean, we're, we're talking about what, like, 10 games per team for the most part. So yeah. And then uh, a handful of teams that haven't played close to that to make it even, you know, more, more split up. But this is definitely a time where you, I mean, I think some people are obviously, you know, are like watching the standing super closely. And then some people just like, it's too early. It's also a six of the season is now gone. So yeah, no, like it's time to start looking at where your team has weaknesses uh, and kind of, you know, addressing those in fab or if you're in trading leagues, in trading leagues or in mm-hmm. trade. So uh, it's definitely something that, like, don't overreact. Like, don't say, well, I'm done, you know, because my team's in 14th right now. But it's also one of those things where you don't want to sit on your hands either and be like, well, this will turn it around. Yeah, no, I think that that's, that's exactly right. Uh, all right, well, that's going to wrap us up for the day. And we'll talk in a couple days. Take it easy.